Often when I mention that the island of Santorini is my hands-down favorite of all of the Greek islands, I am immediately met with, but have you been to Milos or Pathos or Corfu or Mykonos? Yes, 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 and yes. Or one of the other 100 inhabited Greek islands. All breathtakingly unique in their own right and eerily similar as most Greek islands are, but this is personal. I am not alone. This is what happens to most people who visit Greece. They are changed and they want to share that transformation with others. And for me, there is something on this island. It grounds me. It recharges me. It is an island of lost souls, and perhaps this wandering soul is at one with them. This is KK Robbins, and you're listening to Travel Talk. Santorini is a land of extremes, the most dramatic landscape of all the Greek islands. An eruption over 3,000 years ago sunk the entire core of the island into the sea. It left behind a half-moon shape with jarring cliffs running along its entire western side, and the eastern side gently slopes into the sea. There are so many jaw-dropping viewpoints, you eventually just have to put your camera away and give in to the beauty that engulfs you. The main town of Fira clings to the cliffside, the western side, with a maze of narrow pedestrian walkways that are perched over this massive sea-filled crater. Fira is the epicenter of the island. It's full of shops and cafes and pretty much any souvenir or keepsake you'd like to take home. It's also the main transportation hub for a surprisingly organized bus route system that will take you to practically anywhere on the island. Fira is also where we will pick up our four-wheeler, or quad bike as it is known here. This is my sole mode of transport when traveling solo. Otherwise, I book a convertible and then still rent the quad bike. The quad bikes are legal on all the roads and make even my morning jaunt to the bakery feel like an adventure. Speaking of bakeries, I'm not a breakfast eater, but Greek bakeries are full of savory delights like spinach stuffed spanakopita. I get the mini ones because the ratio between pastry and spinach is just right. It also tricks my finicky morning tummy into thinking it's an early lunch. I have learned that choosing a quad bike is an art form. And although the prices can vary greatly, uh, depending on the size and kind of power of the quad bike, they're still so inexpensive compared to other touristy locations, including other Greek islands. In fact, one time I was asking for the price on a quad bike and the guy told me what it was and I misunderstood him and repeated something that was twice as high, knowing that that sounded too high. And he goes, what? No. Where do you think you are? Mykonos? I have found that hospitality to be evident across all of the island. They're not looking to gouge you here. I have learned by trial and error that taking the least expensive bike does not do you any favors. You need that extra power to navigate the hilly terrain. These bigger bikes also come with a really nice lockable case so that you can put your belongings in and easily accommodate two adults. After settling on the best quad bike, we set out to the south from the main town of Fira, driving on the western road that's closest to the cliff facing the sunken caldera. Now, although the island is relatively small, it's only about 
11 miles or 17 kilometers from north to south, and much more narrow from east to west. It can easily be covered in one full day, but three is ideal. In addition to Fira, the other main village is Ia. Those images of blue-domed roofs and tiered white buildings that you see across Instagram are almost always a view of Ia. Far more elegant than bustling Fira, Ia at the northern end of the island is filled with upscale shops and exclusive resorts behind secluded gates. Ia's popularity as the prettiest village on the island means I prefer to explore early or late in the day. Just a few kilometers outside of Fira, we reach Santo Wines. Of the more than a dozen wineries on the island, this is by far the largest, most well-known, and most photographed. It's due to its prime location perched on the cliffs. This island, which is surrounded by water, ironically lacks water. For vineyards to flourish here, the vines must absorb as much of the morning dew as possible. So instead of traditional planting, the vines are actually cocooned like round baskets and kept close to the ground. The dry climate and volcanic-rich soil produces a unique flavor profile for the indigenous grapes, most of which I can barely pronounce, much less remember. So I focus instead on the one I know and prefer the most, Assertico. It's similar to a Sauvignon Blanc. I'll leave the rest of the wine knowledge to the professionals. As much as I love discovering new wines and going to wine tastings, at said tastings, I'm known to turn into a fidgety toddler after about three minutes of hearing wine characteristics and terroir. But here, where the experts often come in the form of attractive Greek men, well, I am all ears, or should I say eyes? When here on my own, I drop in for the view and a glass of local bubbly. But when I have a group, or just one other person, I insist we share their signature tasting. It consists of 15 wines and little local munchies found only on Santorini. The wines are usually divided equally between whites and reds, but I've found that a simple request for your preference is easily accommodated. The whites are far more interesting, so I always ask for predominantly sparkling and white options, especially given the warmth of the sunny day. And that awesome bus system I mentioned? Well, there are bus stops right outside most wineries, like Santo, which comes in quite handy on my self-guided winery tour. Late in the day, this spot overlooking the cliffside is even my choice for catching the sunset. While you won't get the full sunset as it dips past the horizon into the sea, you do get a unique perspective as it slides behind the tiny remnant islands that lie out in the caldera, just as magical. And you get the place almost to yourself because it's without all the unnerving crowds that have flooded the infamous sunset village of Ia. More on sunset chasing around the island a little later. For now, let's raise a glass and say Yamas. Winding our way down to the south coast, we reach the archaeological site of Akrotiri. It's an enclosed enclave of exceptionally preserved ancient homes and artifacts of the Minoan civilization that inhabited the island before its eruption. But it's best seen with a guide because they paint this amazing picture of what life would have been like over 3,000 years ago. Who's ready for the beach? 
On this island, you have your choice of color, red, white, or black. Just around the corner from Akrotiri is the entrance to the Red Beach. Parking our quad bike in the parking lot, we make our way on foot. It's only a few minutes along the trail till we reach the viewpoint, looking down over the dramatic red clay cliff. From here, the trail gets quite treacherous. So for those a little less sure-footed, there is another way. Back at the entrance of Akrotiri, if you continue straight ahead, you'll run right into the sea, where about once an hour, you can catch a boat that will take you to not only the red beach, but the white beach as well. In fact, this is the only way to reach the white beach. And right there at the water's edge are cafes where you can grab a cool drink while you wait. The first beach you reach is the Red Beach, and if you decide to hop off the boat here, prepare to get wet. This is the case at both locations, because the boat gets you close, but not all the way in. You will have to hop off and wade your way onto the beach. Both beaches are very limited in their amenities. You're really going solely for the setting. This is definitely not where you're spending your day at the beach. That is coming up. Use this as a one-hour stop to have a quick swim, or simply use it as a scenic boat trip. Heading to the southeastern side of the island, we'll find the black sand beaches. The most popular is Kamari, and that is because it's closest to Fira. However, it's the opposite of a vibe. Far more difficult to get to because you have to go around a mountain is Parisa and Perivolos, but that extra bit of effort ensures that it is far less crowded. And both beaches, which simply run together for several kilometers, offer row after row of fabulous beach clubs. There are a plethora of daybeds and lounge chairs. Mere steps from the water on the black sand beach, the prices are incredibly reasonable and sometimes will be included when you buy your lunch. My go-to has always been Aegean saffron. You know how when you go to a place for the first time and you just hit it right? That's what it was like for me the first time that I went to Perivolos. I wasn't even going for the beach. I was just going to explore and started with a coffee and then went right into a beautiful salad known as the Santorini salad. Now you can find this in many locations across the island. It is of course their signature salad. What it has is Santorini local tomatoes and local cheese. This like soft ricotta or burrata style cheese, a must have. Their tzatziki is top notch and goes perfectly with their French fried potatoes. Super fresh juices, crafted cocktails, and the staff is so welcoming. Can you tell I'm a fan? As the afternoon drifts on, Santorini is known the world over for its sunsets, and almost every photo of a sunset is taken from Ia. Spelled O-I-A, but pronounced Ia, the O is silent and the I is a long E. Definitely not Oya, and knowing this will score you lots of points with the locals. Regardless of how you say or spell this lovely village, with shoulder-to-shoulder people fighting for a spot, the sunset from here is simply not worth it. You're not getting a clear shot anyway. Most likely you'll have someone's head in your view. The exception to this is if you have secured a table at a place such as Tefra Wine Bar or Delinos. 
As usual, the names and links will be in the show notes. Or you are staying in Ia, which is a major reason for doing so. Some of the most luxurious and expensive rooms dot the village cliff, many with their own plunge pools. Each boutique property is extremely private with entrances only accessible to their guests. This is the way to properly experience Ia. I do, however, love to discover Ia past sunset when the streets have emptied and the boutique shops are still welcoming. Many nights, I forego the infamous sunset altogether in lieu of a good seat, well, any seat, at the movies. From May to September, Santorini has a cozy open-air cinema. But to secure your seat, you must be in line before the sun sets. I often think I could make a killing just by being a placeholder so travelers can have their sunset in a movie too. Once inside, you grab a drink at the full bar and take your seat on a lounge beach chair. Drink in hand, you lean back in your seat and take in the stars while you're waiting for the movie to begin. Whilst Santorini leaves the late night partying to the island of Mykonos, Greece's answer to Ibiza, Santorini is truly magical at night. A quiet yet energized buzz takes hold. Crowds have dispersed throughout Fira and Ia, and upscale restaurants take center stage. One that I can't wait to try this season is the brand new Barolo restaurant. I've been stalking them on Insta. Dimly lit from within, they elegantly cast their light out and across the caldera. Deeply breathing in the moment, I know I am once again exactly where I belong. Do you have a specific destination you'd like to know more about? Just drop me a line in the contact info in the show notes. Like a mom making dinner, I love to cook, yet hate to plan. Knowing what you like makes my life so much easier.